taking in an informal survey here this morning. How many of you have enjoyed the journey over the last six weeks, the principle of the path? Uh, Just humor me and raise your hand, please. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, I've enjoyed delivering the message. I have to say, though, that sometimes it's a little bit painful, and painful for me because just like you, as I'm listening, I'm thinking of my own poor choices in life. I've made some poor choices, and and it's caused some pain. I know you have too. Well, it might be the most painful thing when we when we reflect back and and we look and we we see these things that we wanted to accomplish that we haven't. Dreams that we've had that we know are just never going to come true. So, for example, I, I am never going to fulfill my dream to become Mr. Universe. I, I, I know, I, you know, it was there, but uh, just not going to happen. Uh, nor am I going to become a Major League Baseball player. That one's pretty much out the window, too. <laughs> but more, more seriously, as a pastor of this church for the last 16 years, I've seen lots of dreams from you. Dreams that have been shattered. Dreams that... Because of one choice or another, maybe the mistakes you made or the decisions that other people have made just aren't going to come true. I've buried babies, teenagers, men and women over the years, not just church members, but good friends. And their families are not going to realize their dreams because that person is gone. I've sat with couples through divorce, custody battles. I've seen bankruptcy. I've been there in the hospital when tough choices need to be made for a parent or a grandparent. I've sat there and struggled with those families as they are choosing whether or not to turn off life support. So it can be really painful, can't it? When we look at the lives of others, when we reflect on our own lives, on the things that that might have been, but never will be. So we need to ask the painful question today. What do we do? with dreams that don't come true? What do we do when we realize that we are not in a place where we want to be? Well, first of all, we need to come to the conclusion that there are some destinations that are simply unreachable, aren't there? And there's all kinds of reasons. I've listed just a few here. Maybe it's because of our our own lifestyle choices. Maybe it's because of the mistakes we've made or other people. Other people's decisions affect our lives as well. Truth is, sometimes it's, it's our fault. I mean, we, we messed up. I know I have. Sometimes I am to blame. In fact, most of the time I am to blame. Uh, but sometimes it's someone else's fault. But in the end, does it really matter whose fault it is? Because we are at the same place regardless. We are where we are 
And sometimes it's not where we want to be. And nothing can change the past. It is done. The fact is, everyone in life has disappointments. Now, maybe if we had more time, we could fix some things. There is the the famous quote from the coach of that green team up north that you may have heard. (laughs) Vince Lombardi said, after a particular uh, loss, he said, we didn't lose, we just ran out of time, right? Sometimes that's the case. We just don't have enough time to fix stuff, to reach our destination. And we come to that conclusion that we just aren't going to get it, whatever that it is. Now, the problem that compounds all of this is that so often with our jaded eyes or our rose-colored glasses, we look at the lives of other people and we conclude that they are better than ours. You know, Laura was talking about vacations uh, earlier to the children and vacation disappointments. I was talking to someone the other day and they were, they were complaining that they weren't going to get to take a great vacation this year. So I asked them why, and they said, well, because I'm still paying for the last two vacations. I mean, isn't that often the case? You have this great vacation, but you can only do it once every several years because it costs a whole lot of money. Or we look at at the cars in the parking lot, and then we look at what we're driving, (laughs) and we're thinking, how come everybody else's car is newer and cleaner and has 100,000 less miles on it than mine does? How come mine has all the dents and rust in it? Or maybe maybe we lament relationships, relationships that that went sour. Maybe it was my fault, maybe it was someone else's fault, but the relationship as we look at it, we know is just not ever going to be mended. Maybe you're looking at divorce. Maybe you're looking at becoming a single parent. Those are all very tough things. Maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum and you say, I've been to five weddings, but none of them were mine. When do I get to have my wedding? Fact is, we all have disappointments in life. Now, maybe the worst is when God disappoints you. Have you had that happen? You made a promise to God, maybe a little bargain. If I do this, Lord, then you should do that. Maybe you had your, your dream of life, what it was all going to be, and it, it seemed like you had God's endorsement. This is something God would want me to have. Doesn't God want us to be happy? Doesn't he want us to have good relationships? Doesn't he want us to have Joy, isn't that part of the abundant life that pastor keeps talking about all the time? And so maybe your disappointment is in God. Maybe he made a promise that you think he didn't keep. So what do you do? What do you do in this life when your dreams don't come true? What do you do when you aren't at the place where you want to be when it seems like the road is closed. 
Well, we have these words of God. We read some of them again in our stories today. And we could have picked a hundred other ones, couldn't we? God has example after example after example in His Word. Characters that, that lived thousands of years before we have. I picked David because I love his story. We could have picked Joseph. We could have picked Moses. We could have picked Peter. And of course, Jesus has his own story. Sometimes we, we look at their lives and we see that there, there are choices that were made. And their lives didn't turn out the way that they wanted. Circumstances, sometimes beyond their control, prevented them from reaching their destination. And yet, God always has a plan. God has a way of turning something that wasn't good, even evil at times, into something that can be great. So today we're going to look just very briefly at this one incident in the life of David. You remember from the, from the Old Testament reading, David has conquered his enemies. The Ark of the Covenant is back in safe hands. The presence of God is with the people. And so David thinks, all right, everything is calm now. I have built a great house for myself. It's about time that I build a great house for the Lord. After all, God's been living in tents throughout all of his existence with Israel. He needs a temple. And so... David proposes this dream, this exquisite plan of how the ark and the presence of God are going to reside forever now in this grand temple. And at first it seems like God's on board. The prophet Nathan says, whatever, whatever you want to do, just go ahead and do it. You are in God's favor. But then that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, and it was no. Tell David, no. Tell David, I've been in a tent throughout the entire existence of Israel. I've been in a tent in the past. I've never wanted a house. I don't want one now. So tell him, no. Now, we need to take just a little detour here and remind ourselves of this. No is not always the last word. Can you turn to your neighbor and say that? No is not always the last word. Go ahead and do that. No is not always the last word. It's not. Right? Things change. God intervenes. Circumstances can be turned around. We need to understand that. And we also need to understand this. Not every no is from God. Can you turn to your neighbor and say that? Not every no is from God. It's not. Remember all those things we listed there in the top of your outline? Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes other people say no. Just because your dream hasn't come true does not mean that God has willfully crushed it. But, Sometimes God does say no. So turn to your neighbor again and say, but 
sometimes God does say no. He does. But it's because he has a better plan for you. Just like he did for David. You see, from the very beginning, all David ever wanted to do was to be a shepherd boy. That was what his purpose in life, or so we thought, was going to be. He had a very comfortable existence. He, he lived with his father and his mother and his six brothers, his two sisters, and everything was grand. But sometimes you have to grow and you have to mature. And there is conflict in life and there are circumstances that shape us just like iron can sharpen iron and make us better and stronger. And so David is called into the army first just to take care of that big guy named Goliath. Right? And then later on to lead the army. And he worked for Saul. But now God said, I want you to be the king, not a shepherd anymore, not even a soldier. I need you. I have a better plan. <clears throat> you are going to be king. Three times in our scripture for today, God said no to David, to his plan, to his purpose, even to the way that he wanted to worship. He wanted to build, build this big temple for God. He wanted to worship him in that way. And again, God said, no, I've got a better idea, a better plan. Instead of you building me a house, I'm going to build your house. And I'm not talking about a physical structure. I am going to build your family into a royal dynasty. And so it was. Solomon became king after him. And then Rehoboam became king after him. But really, what God was saying is, I'm going to build a spiritual dynasty. Finally, my son, your descendant, Jesus, is going to sit on the throne, not on earth, but in heaven, and rule everything. And not only that, he also is going to be a great shepherd and not care for physical sheep, but for human beings and take care of them, body and soul, and finally be the great Lamb of God that would sacrifice Himself on the cross so that in heaven all dreams will ultimately come true. Better idea, better plan from God. And so in our own lives, these things happen as well. Our dreams are dashed. We're not where we want to be. And so we have choices in how we can react. So ask yourself the question, what do you do? Do you get angry? Angry at God? Angry at other people? Angry at life? Angry at your circumstances? Or do you fall into despair? My dream didn't come true, so I might as well give up. Life isn't worth living. Are you going to sulk all the time? Or are you going to try and make something happen anyway? Try to manipulate God. Make that bargain with Him. That promise, I do this, Lord, then you do that. Or what I've seen so many times, I'll just live my life through my kids. 
or my grandkids. And all the things that I couldn't do, I'm going to make them do. Or. Or you can do what David did. When David finally comes to the realization that his dream of building the temple, the house of God, will not come true, he says this. He says, who am I? (laughs) Who am I, sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? In other words, you are God and I am not. You are grand and I am just this small, infinitesimal speck on the whole continuum of life. Who am I that you would take me from being a shepherd to the king? Who am I that you would give me the power to slay the giant Goliath? Who am I that I would build the greatest kingdom that the world at that time had ever seen? Who am I that you would now create a dynasty through me? And so he didn't complain. He simply praised the Lord and trusted in a better plan. You too can do what David did. Yes, fall down on your knees. Yes, cry in disappointment. For a brief moment, shed those tears over what might have been. And then trust in the one who has brought you to this place in the first place. Trust in Him. Rely on His strength to give you an even greater dream and a greater plan. And finally, we can do what Jesus did when He was there in the garden. Just before He is to be arrested and then flogged and then crucified. He says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup of suffering from me. If I had to write the script, I wouldn't be arrested. I wouldn't be whipped. And I certainly wouldn't die on a cross with nails pounded through my hands and feet. But Father, if it's your will, I know you have a better plan and a greater purpose. And so not my will, but yours be done. We too can pray, do to me, Lord, whatever seems good to you. I will still believe, I will still trust, and I will continue to follow. Not my will, but yours be done. We can rest in the fact that God has us where he wants us to be. Even when we have done all that we can and all that we should, we can finally trust in him to lead us to our destination. Even when that road seemed to be closed. May God grant it to you. For Jesus' sake. Amen. So I'll rise now.